Hey, everybody. Thanks for subscribing to the Front Row Knowles podcast. Hope you're tuning in to listen on Real Talk Tallahassee 93.3 if you're in Tallahassee on a weekly basis, Wednesdays at noon. Also want to thank Seminole Boosters. Reminder, uh, if you're not already a member, jump on board to help make a great brand even greater. And don't forget, there are tickets available for Florida State's games this season. Just go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets to grab yours. That said, enjoy this week's Front Row Knowles. Good day, everybody. Tom and Keith with you. And it is a good day, Keith. I do hear One sirens word. in the background, but they're, but they're not chasing me. Don't worry, as I uh, maneuver uh, home from Doe Campbell Stadium. Victorious for a change. Keith, what do you think? Well, that would be the one word you would go to. You would go with victorious. My one word would be finally. Finally, we score on the first offensive drive of a ball game. Finally, we get a break on a ball that bounces up the right way and parchment turns around and runs it in for a touchdown. And finally, we get a kick to go, even though both teams missed extra points. We'll talk about that in a second. But we finally get a kick to go that was with a, a jersey color that we liked, and, and FSU finally gets a win, 33-30. Yeah, it was a long time coming for sure, and not surprisingly, it was an excited Florida State locker room. I know it's Syracuse. Syracuse was 3-1, and one, but they hadn't exactly been playing world beaters. But I don't really care. This is more about Florida State finding a way to win, closing something out. We can get into all the nitpicking, but uh, let, let's start at the top. It's a good place to go. You already mentioned scoring on the first drive. Keith, the game started pretty well for Florida State. I mean, the defense goes out and looks sharp, and the offense – now, I, I'm not saying it looked easy because they had to convert two fourth downs on that first drive, but they end up – I think it was 17 plays before they kicked like a 35-yard field goal, but they took eight minutes off the clock. I mean, that's about the time of possession they had roughly – in the entire first half against Louisville and Wake Forest. So that, at that point, you're feeling pretty good. Things are going much better from a planning standpoint. You know, that was a conversation during the week about the need for Florida State, both defensively, which they did, and offensively, no kidding, to get off to a good start. And both Coach Norvell as well as Coach Dillingham talked about how particularly on the offensive side, they had been so sluggish. Uh, early in ball games, so for them to get um, some rhythm, uh, to get some yardage, convert some first downs, and uh, kick a field goal, I was pleasantly, pleasantly pleased, and 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 thought that they that was very good at getting off to that good start. Well, and since we're talking about the first drive, we need to point out that Jordan Travis was the starting quarterback. I didn't know that it was going to land that way. I talked to Jordan after the game. He wasn't made aware that or wasn't told that he would be the starter until Friday. So that's when he found out. Uh, but he certainly played pretty well. And for a guy that had a big knee brace on last week, I didn't think we'd see the uh, the speed and the elusiveness return. But he played pretty free without the brace in this game. He did. Now, they didn't ask him to do very much. And, and the two uh, long passes that I recall uh, that candidly were open, he just flat out missed. Finishes the game 22 of 32. That's a 69% completion record, uh, mark rather. Only had 131 yards on those 22 completions, so that'll give you an indication as to how they were directing the ball. But I thought he did – well, bottom line is he did what he needed to do in order to win, and and that was work his legs. He ended up with 19 attempts for 113 yards. Uh, That's about a six-yard per clip average, even factoring in the, the, the sacks. So, you know, the bottom line is uh, he performed well enough to win, and that was the first time that's happened this year, so everybody should be. I know I am very pleased with that. 
almost a year since that electric night against North Carolina. I looked up the date and it's uh, that was, I think, October 17th. So 50 weeks after that one, Jordan Travis gets this win uh, in October over over Syracuse. Uh, yeah, they didn't ask them to do much. Part of it, Keith, and we've seen this offense for five games now. They don't have a lot. I, I mean, they're, they've been they've been doing smoke and mirrors. I mean, they're trying to do what they can. It doesn't appear that there's going to be, other than taking deep shots, I don't know that there's going to be any mid-range passing game with, with this team. What do, what do you think? I agree because the, what, six or seven times that uh, looked like they were going to do it, um, you ended up with pressures or forcing him out of the pocket and a couple of times with sacks. So uh, the, the mid-level game, um, you know, unless and until that offensive line proves they can protect the passer, whoever's back there, better, I think this is what we're going to have to live with, at least short term. Maurice Smith did not start the game, but he did get back in there. I think by the second quarter he was in there. So uh, that's good. He's, he's got a back ailment, so I don't know that that necessarily means that we're going to see him every week. It, it may literally be a week-to-week situation with him, but they finally had, I think, the five guys out there in the, in the order they wanted today. Now, they're not all as healthy as they'd like, but I, I'll take it. At least they got the starting unit back together. And we've talked off and on uh, and will continue to about continuity. And, you know, yeah, they're, we call them the big uglies. And, and, and you know, the, you, you, you would think as big and strong as these guys are, they don't really need to do anything. Just put a hat on somebody and drive them off the ball. But that's not the way the offense works. It's not the way a good offensive line works. You will not have consistent uh, success with that. And when you keep rotating people in there because you have to uh, because of injuries and moving people around when, when somebody gets hurt, uh, you can't develop any continuity. And unless and until they do that, again, repeating myself, this is kind of, I think, what we're going to be looking at for the next little while. Yeah, it's continuity with who's to your left and to your right, and, and that helps with the consistency, obviously. I think it's also – just reacting and not thinking because when you got a guy who's playing right tackle and he knows, okay, this is what I'm doing. And now he's in it left guard. He's got to spend an extra second making sure that, okay, do I step this way first? You know, and then he's playing center and we didn't see that today, but there's been a lot of that. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be a great offensive line, but at least if they've got these five and they can keep them out there, it gives you something to build on. Uh, What's the word we like to use serviceable. We just need that unit to be serviceable. And that goes back to Jordan Travis because his his legs make them more serviceable. And it really was till the last drive where he pulled out the two long runs. But he pulled a few Houdini acts that went from what would have been losses of eight and instead wound up being gains of maybe even one or two. But that's, that's still a lot better than the alternative. Without question. Uh, I get very, very uh, nervous when he does a reverse spin out you know, when he's inside his own 10-yard line, which he did once, maybe twice, uh, but he made him work. Uh, but again, you know, the overarching theme I think you've got to leave this ball game with is, you know, not to pick it apart, not to be upset about the bad things that did happen, but just the fact that they won. Uh, because you and I have been agreeing, uh, I think uh, this is a universal. This team just needs some success. They need some good things to happen to them so that they start buying in totally to the concept and feeling good about what they're doing and not looking over their shoulder or, or looking up at the scoreboard and waiting to see what the next bad thing that's going to occur or does occur. And maybe this right. will go a long way towards that. Yeah, I think so, because it's been 
Uh, it's just well, and we've said this for the last couple of years, Keith. It's a matter now you got to build on it, but you got to consistently believe that something good can happen in, instead of the alternative. And right, uh, that 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 did happen against Syracuse. I, looking at the at the offense overall, Keith, a couple of observations. One, they they played a lot of younger receivers. I mean, now at times. I saw Keyshawn and Parchman out there, but there's a lot of times you look up and I'm seeing Portier and McLean and uh, Williamson. I mean, they're they're playing some young guys for sure out there. And then as far as the backfield, we've talked a lot about this, Keith. This is not a team that can run up, you know, in the first quarter, you just can't hand off to Corbin and hand off to Ward and think you're going to run your way down the football field. So, they moved the tailbacks out and tried to get them touches by throwing it to them. That's a lot of those horizontal passes you're talking about right, instead of right, vertical. Right. Uh, but also I think you have to give them credit because in the second half, really of every football game, they've been able to come back and pick their spots and, and not completely go away from the run. And, you know, today you, you got the big run from, from Ward, but then it was followed up at the three yard line, a handoff to Corbin and boom, they punch it right in. So, I think they deserve some credit for that, but it's it's just not going to be an offense where Corbin can get 22 touches and Ward can get 15 because it's not going to be productive that way. Well, and you're not going to have that many offensive uh, snaps. Remember, Florida State is not going up tempo. Uh, they ran, I believe, 60 plays in this ball game, um, 69 plays, and Syracuse ran 63. You know, this is not where you're going to get 90 touches. Where, where, you know, some, uh, you can have two backs with 20, 20 touches apiece. Uh, that's just not the way this offense is built right now. So I agree with you. One thing, and we've talked a lot about this too, it, it seems pretty obvious. I think there was five possessions in the first half. And so the first one of the game, the very first offensive play, Corbin runs for seven yards. So you're ahead of the chains on first down, and lo and behold, you score points at the end of that drive. Then they go a couple drives and they score. Uh, they get behind the chains right away, and not surprisingly, they score no points on those drives. It seems pretty simple, and it's it's cliche to say stay ahead of the chains, but you can just look at it. If it's if it's a zero or one yard gain or a loss on first down, it's not going to go anywhere. The lone exception was the drive where Ward got the big run in the second half. They had a third and four, and they got at the toe of Feely on that five yard pass. Uh, and their overall numbers converting on third down and adding in the fourth certainly was better than what it's been, but still not not very good. It's still uh, it's still a lot of work to get a, a short distance with this offense, Keith. It is, and and you know you got to take your shots accordingly. Uh, that's why if 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 they hit one of those two long passes, you know that probably changes the complexion of the game quite a bit. So, you know, getting those gash plays, getting that uh, 65-yard run by uh, Treshawn uh, was very important because they've been able to get some of those gash plays in just about every game, but you cannot count on them. And I go back to what you said. The biggest thing that can help this team on third and fourth downs, and by the way, they were 8 of 17 combined, 6 of 15 on third down and perfect 2 for 2 on fourth down. But the biggest thing that can help that third down conversion is first down. And that needs to be an emphasis. Yeah, and it will continue to be. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I said on our show earlier this week, I didn't think we'd see Jordan until after the bye week. And that was not from talking to anybody. That was just from watching him last week and looking at the knee brace. I just thought he probably wasn't going to be available. And at that point, if you got one more game to the bye week and it's a knee injury, just hold him out. Clearly, that wasn't the case. 
he, he looked pretty healthy. He didn't show any signs of wear and tear. He finished the football game. And I guess at this point, I'll reverse course, you know, having seen both he and Milton. And now I feel more like Jordan's got to be the guy. Of course, I'm saying that coming right off a win. Uh, you still got to find a way to get more out of the passing game. But, but he does make up for the deficiencies in the offensive line by being able to outrun some guys here and there. He does. And we saw what that can do for a team in the way that uh, Garrett Schrader, the, the quarterback for Syracuse, was. You know, when I, I had not studied much about him, I was not, I knew about DeVito. I believe that's how he pronounces his name. Their other quarterback that seems like he's been playing there for five or 10 years almost. Uh, but when you take one look at Schrader with his size, you know, you used to say, wow, he must be just a, a drop back passer. But man, he was able to turn some uh, corners on Florida State's defense. And, and he ends up being the leading rusher in the ballgame. Uh, Schrader had 16 carries for 137 yards, and, and that includes the couple of sacks at Florida State, or at least the one sack that FSU had. So um, I was impressed with him, and we saw what he could do for that Syracuse offense, which is the same thing that, that Jordan was able to do for FSU's. Yeah, and, and a little bit similar in that, you know, Jordan's biggest runs were at the end of the game. Schrader, in the first quarter, you didn't really see him. I mean, Florida State did a nice job defensively. Then in the second quarter, he breaks that long run where it felt like, you know, he just hit the, uh, the, the supercharge button and nobody else could get out of quicksand there and, and catch up to him. But de he's deceiving. He's big, tall. I, I think I heard you say, you know, he's, he's the Chris Winky clone, only he runs like Charlie Ward, right? I'll give you credit for that one. Well, that's what it looked like to me. And the other thing is we did not do a good job of adjusting to that. We continued to have our defensive ends or those linebackers in those cases that had outside containment pursuing the ball too hard and not taking a good angle. And that's something that, uh, you know, just a, a, a little internal thing. That's something that I wish I had seen some improvement on. I didn't see FSU getting any better at that the entire game. And in fact, on one carry, uh, Sean Tucker, their, their running back, took advantage of it and cut a ball all the way back left to right. Um, need, to, need some work on being a little more patient, not so aggressive on the backside, or people are going to start taking bigger advantage of that. Yeah, I know in the long touchdown run, it was Jermaine Johnson, who's FSU's best player, who missed the tackle. But I also know on a couple of the scrambles, it was when the second team DNs were in there because Jermaine and Keir Thomas were catching a blow. And so they didn't set the edge as, you know, they don't set the, they're the second team for a reason. So they don't set right. the edge as well as the right. front line guys do. I also think, though, Keith, we haven't talked a lot about linebackers for Florida State this year, but they're not the quickest group. And so you, you've got an opportunity if you're in space, uh, you know, and they're going to have to chase you. That's not going to necessarily end well for Florida State, and, and Syracuse's quarterback was able to take advantage of that. They, they were, and, and that has proven and continues to be a pretty weak link in that Florida State defense. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a statement of fact. I'm not uh, suggesting or questioning anybody's intention or attitude or work ethic, but that unit just has not performed as well as any of us would have liked. That's for sure. One of the changes defensively, so Jarvis Brownlee was the starter at one corner, and he's pretty much out there all the time. They, they continue to rotate through a bunch at the other corner. I say a bunch. Uh, really was Jarian Jones was the starter. And then uh, Omarion Cooper, who they called Duke Cooper, was coming in and spelling him. Kevin Knowles played a lot in the nickel. But the change I was going to say is, is Jamie Robinson had been the nickel. And he was a, a true safety the way they deployed today. Uh, and I guess that, 
I, that might have to do with who else was available because I didn't see some of the bodies we've seen out there, but it, it really was him and Sidney Williams for the most part as the, the two guys at the safety spot. Well, we've learned, we've learned to not necessarily ask questions that uh, will end up getting us into trouble. Uh, but it does beg the question, where is Akeem Dent? Where's Travis J? Um, you know, I don't know. It's the answer, only answer I have. So yes, they've been going with the younger kids. I don't have a problem with that. They're going to make some mistakes, but I like their aggressiveness. I like their attitude. I'm willing to live with that. Yeah, and Akeem Denton was dressed out. I don't know how much he played. Travis Jay got on the field, but certainly you're talking about a guy that was a starter at the beginning of the year. He was out there playing center field on that Hail Mary pass before halftime. Keith, one area Syracuse was able to exploit Florida State was the intermediate crossing routes, and that happened on one of their touchdowns, too, and I'm not necessarily referring to that one. You can explain what happened there, but Earlier in the game, there were a couple of times Florida State was in zone, and I'd watch the corner release the receiver. As soon as he turned it into a dig, he's handing him off to – it was Brendan Gant the two times I'm thinking of, and he's 15 yards from the line of scrimmage at the snap, and he just didn't get in. He doesn't trigger quickly enough, and so it's an easy 10-yard throw for the quarterback to an open receiver. That, at least that's what it looked like, you know, from my point of view. Well, two things. Number one, it's been – Sometime we've been talking about the fact, particularly on those intermediate type routes, where when Florida State's in zone, the, the players seem to think that they just get to a spot and stand there. You know, you go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, you need to be moving. Go find somebody in another color jersey, even if it's wrong. On the touchdown reception, I think there was a bust because I went back and looked at it and the corner um, looked like he was playing man coverage. And when the receiver went inside, he didn't leave him to the safety. He, he stayed on his hip and, and followed the corner route. And that's what allowed that crossing route to get in behind because both the safety and the corner uh, were on the wide receiver and the, the, the uh, uh, touchdown reception came across the field behind them, so to speak. So I don't know what the answer there is other than um, we don't play zone as well as we need to. Uh, and that's something that's got to be improved if you want to have any kind of success. I think the best way I've heard you describe it, Keith, zone is really zone for about two seconds, and then it's man. I mean, whoever's in your zone, you're going to play man coverage on at that point. The old basketball phrase is, you know, you talk about teams that play matchup zone. Well, after two Mississippi, pretend you're playing basketball. Go find somebody. Yeah, so overall it wasn't – the greatest game for Florida State's defense, Keith. Uh, I mean, I'll let you. What 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 grade would you give them? I mean, how what, how would you assess that performance? Well, I would have given them a, about a B plus for the first quarter because that would be three consecutive shutout quarters, and I think they threw up a graphic sometime during the ball game where during those the last half of last week's game and the first quarter of this week game, Florida State had given up zero points and 107 yards in three quarters of football. Uh, but if you look at the overall grade, I'd have to say it's probably a C plus. Uh, they did enough to win. They made a couple of nice plays on some situational things. But anytime you give up 30 points, you know, that's going to be a tough ball game to win. Uh, but they did do enough to win. And for that, I'm very grateful. I will say this, Keith, this game and this is and Florida State is, is clearly not at this point. But if you're a really good football team and you force that punt in the second half, and you're up 10, that is step on the opponent's throat time and finish them. And that's exactly when Florida State's about to get the ball back. 
and then the punt gets muffed and Syracuse recovers it and they're right back in the ballgame. And that's the exact moment where if you if you catch that, don't have to try to do anything, just catch the football. You get a drive, and if you get a touchdown, you've now got it to a three-score game, and Syracuse is done. I wholeheartedly agree, but I'm gonna give the, the I'm gonna give the defense a little bit of a slack there in that. Syracuse drove the ball down, but they didn't score. Now, Florida State took over on the half-inch line or whatever it was, ran a three-and-out, punted it back. They started that next drive on the 48-yard line and scored. So it was just a matter of time. But when we talk about the little things, when we talk about getting better at some of the little things, you know, the defense holds them. The pump gets muffed. Defense has to go back out. Syracuse had some success, but they did hold them out of the end zone on that particular drive. So I'm going to give them kudos for that. Yeah, and they deserve kudos for that. Uh, and, and really what you needed from the offense, you needed one first down somehow, which was going to be tough because they right. were on about the six-inch yard line, you know, the six-inch line uh, coming out. But, but you know, so that's you're letting Syracuse back in because of a mistake in the special teams game, and we can get to special teams. And then you still have the lead, and you're still in position when you get the ball back. Okay, if you go down and score, eat some clock, it's not going to come down to the wire. But Syracuse makes an incredible play. Obviously, Florida State went to the well about, you know, five times too often probably on that particular bubble screen or receiver screen. But he jumps the route, makes the diving interception, and boom, that's how Syracuse gets back into it. That was a, It was a good play by the defender. But I think we all felt like we'd, we'd seen that pass maybe one too many times today. Well, here, here's my issue with that. And we've talked about this in weeks prior that, you know, when it's third and one or fourth and one and you're on offense, you just got to get the first down. That has to be your mindset. Well, Cam McDonald did a whiff. There's no way that ball gets intercepted if McDonald even gets a hand on that cornerback. So, yeah, it was a great play, but that play should never happen. Never, ever, ever happen the way it happened. And as a result, that's on Cam. And he'd be the first to tell you. He'll, t- he'll take ownership on it. But that can't happen, Tommy. And so that's my frustration with it. Well, you should be frustrated. And I missed that from wherever I was standing on the sideline at that point. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a whole different ballgame when I go back and watch the actual TV copy. So I didn't see that in real time. That makes a little more sense. We've talked about it for a while, though, Keith. I watch other teams run these receiver screens and they consistently get more than five and closer to 10 yards on them. And Florida State, even when we complete them, it's a struggle to get two yards on them. Well, I I think there's two reasons for that. Number one's attitude. And, uh, you know, you just as I don't care what you are, you if you're a wide receiver, there's sometimes you have to convert to being just a football player which means you get a hat on who you're supposed to get a hat on and you do your job. And uh, that's what's frustrating to me. And secondly, uh, it's all about want to. And, and those two go hand in hand. You got to want to do it and then you do it. Uh, and our, our blocking by our wide receivers has been suspect for a while now. I'll just say that. Obviously, yeah. Cam's a tight end. Cam's a tight end. I get that, but he was split out wide. And Cam was prominent in the offense in the game. He had five yards. He had a great game. Kicks. He had yeah, a great sure. game. But, but And he'll be, again, he'll be the first to tell you, he can't let that happen. That's all on him. 
he'll take ownership of it. It'll probably never happen again in his career, but it should have never happened in the first place. Yeah, well, I mean, candidly, Florida State's not great at the tight end position either, Keith. I mean, that's that's just where we are now. But you're right, it, it can't happen. It simply can't happen. Uh, so, anyway, you let Syracuse back in. You still get the ball with a minute left. And this is when Jordan Travis showed that he's still got track speed. And I'm looking forward to seeing the TV replay because, obviously, that was on the Syracuse sideline. And I couldn't tell how close, you know, how much he was tight roping if he actually deked as if he was just going to duck out and then cut back right around the defender. So what, what did you see on those two long scrambles in the last drive? Well, a defender pulled off of him because it looked like he was going to go out of bounds. And remember, there'd been a couple of other runs where he had gone out of bounds and candidly, we'll just take it. But a, a, a Syracuse defender pulled off of him, which probably could have got him out of bounds because he didn't want to get flagged for a late hit or what might have been perceived to be a late hit. Uh, but he did a very nice job of tight walk, walking that sideline and got a, did get a little bit of a shield or a block by one of the ride receivers. I don't know which one. Uh, and that ended up being a huge play, obviously. Uh, I was going back and looking at my notes. Uh, that was a seven-play drive, Tommy, with a little over a minute um, to get in position to kick that field goal. And Jordan had – he wound up over 100 yards rushing with 50 or 60 of the yards on that drive. Hey, Keith, since, since you brought it up, can I complain about last week again when Brendan Gant got flagged for hitting the quarterback when he was inbounds and then pushing him out of bounds and it cost Florida State a, a first down and three points in that game? Or should I just let it go? Uh, I think uh, you should do both. And well, the point – yeah. <laughs> the, the point is still the right play for Brendan would have been to let up, but the reason that you don't, is if it's a mobile quarterback, he can do exactly what Jordan Travis did today to Syracuse. And that's why, that, that's why it's ticky-tack when, you know, if he's out of bounds, you can't hit him. If he's still in bounds, you can hit him. Shouldn't have been a penalty last year. Okay, I'm done with that. That's my only rant. I don't have any targeting to complain about today, Keith, so I'll let that slide too. Uh, Understood. I um, not, a, not a big fan of replay review for the 10-yard Syracuse run on first down that took three minutes to determine was it actually 10 yards or was it nine and a half, I'd be in favor of if it's a possession snap, i.e. fourth down, we can spend those three minutes. But on first down, I don't think we needed to spend those three minutes. That's just me. I'm sounding like well, the old guy, Keith. I will tell you that if you were listening in on that conversation, my personal opinion is, about 45 seconds of that conversation was where the ball was. And then two minutes and 15 seconds was them trying to figure out how much time to put back on the clock. Cause you remember they put what four seconds back on or something. It might be memory serves. Uh, so, it, you know, to further echo your point, sometimes we spend more time talking about a few seconds than we do placement of the ball or whether it was called or whether it's a fumble or whether it's a forward pass, but it is what it is. Hey, I, and I hate to go back here to the lovely Jacksonville State game, Keith, but in that one, there was a ball that we weren't sure if the receiver caught it. And if he caught it, it was going to be a gain of a half yard and be third and nine. And if he didn't, it was going to be third and ten. And that took three minutes to sort out. Anyway, okay, I'm done. I'm done with that one. So you go down the field. Kudos to Jordan Travis. Kudos to Florida State for executing in in, the, in two minutes and. And then it comes down to a kick, and I don't think anybody felt great given that we had missed an extra point. No, by the way, 
Fitzgerald has missed two of those this year, and we've had a bad snap on one. So there's three PATs FSU's missed in five games. So I don't know that we felt – and he'd also missed a kick at the end of the Notre Dame game, though he made one too. So where was your head at as he lined up to kick that one? Uh, I had my uh, hands over my eyes and my eyes closed. <laughs> so, so I didn't, you were, I didn't you see were as it. confident as the rest of us. Exactly, exactly. Hey, but he made it, and uh, that was the good news. And I did talk to him after the game. He obviously was excited, and he pointed out that he's he's been through it all. He's already had the highs of making the kick against Notre Dame and Notre Dame, and the lows of missing the kick in the same game. And uh, did you know? Just said it was inexcusable to miss the PAT, but enjoyed the. He certainly enjoyed it, and I pointed out to him uh, that it was the same set of upright same goalpost that Dustin Hopkins had booted that one in 2010 to beat Clemson. And then he proceeded to the run, run to the same part of the field, i.e. the opposite end zone and over by the student section. So apparently that's the FSU kicker tradition. If you make it, you just turn around. He said he didn't want to get dogpiled and that's why he was running, but there seems to be a pattern here. Well, as long as he's making kicks to win ball games, I don't mind if he has a pattern. How about you? Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Hey, Keith, I know we're going to do players of the game here, and it's not going to go well. He is he one, or are you giving it to Jordan Travis? What is does he figure in here before I move forward? Well, it is time for our primary bank performance of the game, and, and I'm sorry, I am going to go with Jordan Travis. Travis finishes the game 22 of 32 for 131 yards and two touchdowns through the air, and on the ground, 19 carries for 113 yards, along of 33. So our Prime Meridian Performance of the Game Award does go to Travis. Speaking of performance, Prime Meridian Bank has been named Best Bank to Work For since 2015 by American Banker Magazine. Want the bank where they greet you by name, smiling faces that offer you coffee and a cookie when you walk in the door? That's what I call a great performance. Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank, offices in Tallahassee, Crawfordville and Lakeland, or on the web at trymybank.com, member FDIC. All right, Keith, last week I was going to let special teams off the hook very, very early, and uh, we turned it into a much-needed longer conversation, and it needs to be that again today. First of all, can we take the fair catch on kickoffs? Because we're still not doing that. We started that last drive at the 16-yard line. Well, the problem is that – is it Douglas, I believe, that's returning those kicks? Yes. He's He's returning kickoffs like a punt returner. He's, he's not sprinting. He's not running. He's, he's jogging up and looking for a lane. And that, that's not how you return kickoffs. You put your head down and you go as fast as you can go and find a lane. That's it's the difference between kickoff returns and punt returns. He's returning them like a punt. But I'm with you. Let's get out of that completely. Let's fair catch them or let them go into the end zone. Let's start from the 25 for a few drives and see what happens. Yeah, because that that's what – and you're right about it. He's – it's, it's one move and go, and you got to be sprinting the whole time. Put, yeah, your exactly. foot in the ground, put your foot in the ground once and then go. Okay, then the flip side is, and this has not been a problem, but it certainly was today. So Syracuse either has a really good returner or found a hole in Florida State's uh, kickoff team because they were routinely getting past the 30 on their kick returns in this game. They were. And I think part of that, you'd have to ask Coach Papushas, but I think part of that, is they weren't kicking the ball out of the end zone. They wanted Syracuse to return, and Syracuse made them pay. In other words, I think there's two fundamental issues that need to be addressed. 
kick the dang ball out of the end zone when you're kicking off so you don't have to worry with it, and fair catch or let the ball go into the end zone. We're not good enough offensively or defensively to play other than averages in the kicking game. Does that make sense? Yeah. So just, I, just do the norm. Just do the norm. You don't need a longer field if you're on offense, and you don't need a shorter field if you're on defense is what you're saying. So yes. then uh, on the special teams, the missed PAT, uh, the, the, other, the other big thing, Keith, this is two weeks in a row where there's been issues for the punt returners because, again, you, all you have to do is catch fair catch that punt and let the offense try and drive and get a score, and the game's over. And instead, you hand it to Syracuse at the 41-yard line. I think, well, no, it might have been deeper than that. You know, it was 40 years ago, but it was still called a punt. And, and, and we, I even had a halo rule. Just catch the damn ball. Folks, you can't see the look on Keith's face, and I shouldn't be looking because I'm still driving home. But exasperation, I, I'm not even sure. Uh, disappointment, I don't know how to describe it, Keith, but I, I hear you. I'm just saying. Okay, here's the thing, though. Let, so, Ontario is a more seasoned football player, and they're a pretty young team overall. So, is it a case, and we've seen a lot of this, you, you see guys that try to do just a little too much when all that's called for is make the play that presents itself. And it's obviously magnified if you're the punt returner and you fumble it, but I think we see it sometimes, whether it's a running back or a, a defender or a cornerback, whatever it is, make the play you're supposed to make or the play that is there to be made and don't try to do anything else. You know, I, it, to me, part of the issue is, is just the world we live in where everybody is looking to do something to celebrate, um, you know, just do your job and then we'll celebrate together at the end of the game when we've won, because nobody cares that you knocked the ball down on a third and eight in the middle of the second quarter. Nobody cares that you didn't have a pump return of 14 yards and you only made a fair catch, but you didn't fumble it. The only thing people remember is, did you win or lose? That's the focus. Do your job, contribute, win, and everybody gets to be happy. This completes the old man portion of the program. I feel like we need a sponsor <laughs> from it. We need to get, we need something from a drugstore to sponsor that segment there, Keith, and the weekly rant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Either that or a psychology department at FSU to, to sponsor us and then give free free uh, sessions so to finish this thought let's go to the punting game where florida state does have a punter that uh, it's not called ambidextrous if you're using both feet right keith but he did kick another one left-footed and the first one he kicked the first one left-footed because i was watching and and i've asked john papuchas about this and obviously he can do it because you're kicking rugby spot style he grew up a soccer player playing rugby whatever uh, so he can use both feet, but they do it because the other, they want the other team to realize that they can't just load up and only send the, try to punt block from one side because they're capable of doing it that way. So they have to stay balanced and it, it and it keeps the punt block team, uh, you know, not loaded up, but it's bizarre to see. 
and, and you probably wouldn't pay attention to it if you weren't studying it. We just don't, but I was intentionally studying it. And he kicked the first one left-footed and the, and the rest of them right-footed by my count, unless I missed it. By the way, the reason he moved to number 29, so I'm not sure who, somebody got dinged and then Williamson went in on the special teams units that Mastromano is on and Williamson's number 21. And you can't have 221, so that's why Mastromano moved to number 29. By the way, shout out to the ref for screwing with, with, with Ryan Fitzgerald on the missed PAT because Florida State was a nanosecond away from snapping that ball when he made the announcement that Mastermano was wearing another jersey. And now, granted, you should still come back and make the PAT, but it's like lining up that putt and you're about to putt the two-footer and somebody screams at you as you're moving the putter back. That's what happened to Ryan on that. Well, I, I was not aware that the jersey had changed. So when they were lining up for the field goal, and I knew that Coach Babers was going to call the timeout, I was looking and studying, and I'm going, wait a minute, that's a new holder. Why do they have a new holder in there? This isn't going to be good. That's a new holder. Because I didn't know he changed jerseys. Well, now you know the story on that, and I could see that. Meanwhile, Syracuse's punter, I don't know where they found him, but neither his last name or his number were on the Syracuse roster because I tried to hunt it down. We couldn't figure out who he was. So I asked Sports Info. They didn't know. And after I watched him kick one that went about six yards, I said, well, he won't be on the roster next week either. That's okay. So, <laughs> point well, it, was it was announced, uh, I either heard it or read it somewhere, that they left their punter back in Syracuse, although it was not said whether it was disciplinary or injury or otherwise, and that this was the first game that this young man had ever participated in as a Syracuse Orange. Yeah, I knew their starting punter was that. The, the, the point to that is that actually hurt Syracuse because Florida yes. State uh, was the beneficiary of some not great punting from the Orange. Um, I did find it odd. I don't know. I, I guess whatever the official roster is that you have to turn into the league and the other team, obviously it had that guy on it, but he was not on the flip card provided to the media. So none, right. of, us knew who, none of us knew who it was that was doing the punting. But obviously they followed protocol and turned it in. Otherwise, Florida State would have said, hey, you can't play him. And they would have had to go get another punter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Tommy, before we finish up, let's give a little love to a guy that doesn't get much love because I want to talk about the Hobson Chevrolet defensive player of the game. And I'm going to award that to Robert Cooper, big 91 in the middle. Coop ended up with seven tackles, including three solo tackles. And I thought he had his best game of the season. He was prominent. He was uh, active. He was very vocal. Um, and I thought Coop played a, a, a great ball game. And so I'm going to award him the Hobson Chevrolet uh, defensive player of the game. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Travel up to Cairo and get that new Chevrolet. Uh, I was really impressed with what Coop did. Yeah, he, he played well. And, and that, it brings up a good point. Dennis Briggs was not available. So last week, Fabian Lovett was out. Uh, this week, Lovett was back, but Briggs was out. And so you know, those guys in the middle are having to go a few more, few more snaps than what you'd ideally like, but he, Cooper did, did play very well. I think it's a, it's a really good point. All in all, Keith, it's a 33-30 win over Syracuse. Florida State does get in the win column. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that you, you'd rather be 4-1 and one instead of 1-4, and four, but, but you can only control what you can control to go cliche, either the Jimbo bag. And uh, maybe the confidence is the biggest takeaway here, Keith. They're, they're not going to 
have a bunch of college football Hall of Famers on the team next week. But if they start to believe a little bit more, and that's what the guys talked about in the post game, at least Jordan Travis and, and Ryan Fitzgerald, when I talked to them, that the process is working. And we've talked about how the team, despite the results not being there, hadn't quit. I, I would think now the buy-in becomes a little bit, you know, you're, you're more bought in when you do get the win. And it was a, it was a very happy locker room. Again, they didn't celebrate like they won a national title because they didn't, but it's been a long time since they won, so they celebrated. Good for them. You know, we, we look at these guys, Tommy, and we put them in the same category as the professionals, and we forget that they're still youngsters. They're 18 to 22 years of age. And for any of us that have had children that have gone through that age, we know that, you know, they, they, they will do what you tell them to do. They'll believe what you tell them to do, but unless and until they see it actually happen, it really doesn't, you know, permanently etch in their minds. And so for four games now, four weeks now, you've been, the coaches have been telling you, you got to work hard. You got to do it this way. You got to have this attitude. You got to have this type of uh, mentality and you've been losing. And then you go through this week and you, to their credit, they continue to work hard. They continue to have good effort, but now you see a win and I don't know what it is, but that probably is more important than anything else that happened. And you and I have been talking about this. What this team needs is just some success. They need to see that everything they're doing will ultimately get them what they're trying to achieve. In this case, a win. Yeah, it's Syracuse. Yeah, you're still one and four, but it works, you know, and, and getting that continued buy-in and taking it to the next level you know, obviously it would be very, very difficult without the victories. And uh, they got their first one. Let's hope it's the first of several. Obviously, uh, I'm not saying they're going to go undefeated the rest of the year, but uh, I think they got over that first big hurdle. I think they did too, and I think that's a good place to call it. Uh, Keith, look forward to catching up on uh, the middle of the week, Wednesdays, noon to one, folks. Turn in on real, tune into Real Talk Tallahassee 93.3. Keith, uh, until then, uh, this is dated, but I'm going to go enjoy the LSU-Auburn uh, football game tonight. How's that sound? I'm going to watch uh, some of that as well after I have my dinner. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have some dinner in there, too, if anybody was wondering. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.